How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? I thought you were going to say, how's it going today, Dave? I was like, what? Nope. Just, just to throw it off. <laughs> it's going okay. It's been a pretty laid back and chill Thursday. Nothing too crazy going on. Weather's kind of overcast. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had a... Sorry, let me ask how you are first. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Cool. All right. Anyway, back to me. So mm -hmm. I had a doctor's appointment today and I found that out like right before the doctor's appointment. Oh. I had, I set a reminder uh, with Bruh. and uh -huh. the A word. It said like, oh, hey, like go to the doctor. And I was like, was that it? Like what, what doctor? Like what's going on? Um, so I just went to my insurance site and I'm like mm -hmm. looking for that specific type of provider. And I just called the first one like, hey, I don't have anything in my calendar, my notes, but do I have an appointment with you guys? They're like, oh yeah, at like 4 p.m. I'm like, all right, I'll be there. And <laughs> I Oh, this was in person. It. This wasn't telemedical. Yes, yes. This was uh, this was today, this afternoon. Um, and I literally just like stopped what I was doing and like drove <laughs> over to it. Yeah. And I was like, man, I'm glad that I uh, followed up on that thing instead of thinking that I made a made a reminder. Yeah. Reminders. So I'm, I'm on top of stuff for sure. That's fair. Reminders are lifesavers. Like I didn't. So I was just like, yeah, podcast Thursday, podcast Thursday. And like we had a social engagement. I might talk about a little bit later, but like completely overlaps the standard podcast time, like one for one. There's literally no way to get here. And it's like two hours away. Um, so I saw this on Todoist this morning. It's like you have some tasks. And I was like, OK, I'm like moving some things that are work related because I, I took the day off. Mm -hmm. And like, um, in advance, it's not like I called in sick or anything. Don't judge me. And uh, I had like take out the trash and record the podcast. I was like that second one, right? Okay, yeah. <laughs> let's let's reach out to Dave and see if we can fix that. Um, and we fixed it. Ultimately, it's still Thursday. It has been decided. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it was either this or really late. Uh, Sunday was the was was the plan, yeah. depending on whether I made it back tonight or not. And I didn't know if I would want to possibly early truncate my weekend vacation mm -hmm. if I'm like sick of family, or if I'd be like, "But I'm having so much fun here." Right. That's not true. I could probably leave at any point. I could I could be down there for with anybody. I could be down there for a day. Be like, that was nice. I'd be like, mm -hmm. I want to sleep on my own bed. That is man, self bed ownership. And yeah. this life or in Minecraft. Great. <laughs> like it's just great. <laughs> There's nothing like it. Yeah. At some point I'm gonna change my bed, get a new mattress entirely. And then I'll be talking to everybody, be like, so I got a new mattress, I'm like, oh, what'd you get? Oh. I'm like, I don't know what it's called, but it's very it's very comfortable. Everyone like puts down their newspapers, sets their cup of coffee down, like lowers their spectacles to look at you, and they're like, A new mattress, you say. Meanwhile I'm aggressively buttering the toast yeah and <laughs> it's like it's the 10th like swipe at the toast <laughs> you're like you're just like wearing the toast to crumbs on the table in front of you but of course you know still putting the knife back into the butter so which is a bunch uh, of crumbs in the butter like an asshole <laughs> also fucking 
know? I'm just I'm still in the skit. Like mid mid sentence as you're talking about the new mattress, you actually just like scoop up like the tub of butter and or if it's a tub i guess that would be like margarine or something i don't know and like the toast and you're just throwing it in the trash while you continue to talk about the <laughs> mattress i do like the idea of someone just like idly doing something and just continuing to the point of like absurdity oh yeah like uh the barkeep who is you know drying the glass <laughs> yeah till like his oh. hands are bloody or something um but pro tip for buttering toast and really, anytime you put a knife to bread, hmm. use the backside, the one that's flat. That oh, way you're not weird. pushing it in the fucking bread. That's the that's why it's there. I didn't know until somebody told me. Huh. I actually didn't know that either. That's the thing. Like they don't te- nobody they don't nobody tells you this. Somebody just figured out like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. But it makes yeah, sense. I, I just I, even knowing that, I don't do it very often. Yeah. I went down an alternate life path where I, as soon as I realized that like, I'm just like ripping the bread up with a butter knife. I was like, this is dumb. So what I started doing is I microwave like a small cup of the butter and then I pour it over the, the toast as a liquid spread. Um, distribute it at the knife if you have to, but usually pouring it's pretty good. Usually for sourdough. I would do this for sourdough. I like where you're, you said you do this as a youth or you do this today? I, like if I had sourdough and butter right now, I would do it. I would I would leave the podcast and do it in real time. Jay says something about like, oh, did we had sourdough? He's like, I think I told you already on the podcast or off, but um, as a youth, I used to take two of like the onion bagels that would come in like a sleeve of six. I'd put it on a plate upside down, and then I'd put like a teaspoon or two of like hard butter just in the middle of the plate, and then I microwave it for 30 seconds. I'm like, oh, look, there's a little butter sponge. Boop, boop, boop. And mm-hmm. then I would just eat it, and I have to spread shit, and it was just a plate of deliciousness. Yeah. Butter can't stand up to superior microwaves. It's just like... It doesn't have the structural integrity. No, it goes it's, to liquid. It's weak as shit. I've been saying this for years. <laughs> you leave it and out, it will it not last soft. The Get out of here. <laughs> You're weak. Your butter is weak, and it will not last the winter. <laughs> I will say, though, I do judge people. I don't know why. It's just, I think the concept is just that foreign to me. Of concept having, of love. Like, <sighs> understand, another, another understand. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I did appreciate the reference. Mm-hmm. Um, but having like those little butter tubs out. Oh, and they just take the cover off like, oh, butter is soft and easy to go. I'm like, uh-huh. why? Why? I don't. I get it. It's to spread it. But it's just, I don't like the idea of dairy not being in the fridge. Oh, yeah. No, uh, yeah. Like room temperature butter is freaking weird. Um, you got to put it back in the fridge to better like revolt against that. If you are at a friend's house and they have like a butter tub out, microwave it. <laughs> like we have already proven that it's going to nothing. <laughs> Just microwave their butter when they're not looking. <laughs> and then put it back in. And one one weird, weird, weird tip. But then next time, like, they take off the lid and just like it just oozes out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ugh. That would be so weird, actually, if it was in like a plastic tub, because you basically have oil that at some point, I guess, would like yeah. maybe recongeal. I don't really know what happens. But I mean, what would you at, think? At a temp, it's going to recongeal for sure. What would you think had happened though if you like went to open your butter and it was like oil? <laughs> 
I don't know. Yeah. Especially if it wasn't like physically warm to the touch, I'd be very confused. Mm-hmm. I'd probably like throw it out. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here, but some some science says this is bad to eat now. You're like, dang it, God, <laughs> go and bite more butter. <laughs> it's the same you thing. Like, if one. you see like uh, certain specks on your bread, you're like, I don't remember that being there. Mm-hmm. If it looks off, just don't eat it. Don't eat it. But do you know what you could eat? What's that? I was actually, I, I can't actually uh, segue to death. So I'm just going to say Guinevere's canned bread. There you go. You thought it was done. We're back. Um, no, I guess the episode's about death. Death of that topic. There's the segue. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, where would you like to go with this? It's <laughs> a great we're talk about lives to begin with. Yeah. Uh, that's probably a good, good baseline. Um, so we're a video game podcast. We mostly talk about video games. Um, one of the things that video games does a lot is, uh, it kills people like freaking often be you Sonic on spikes or Sonic in water or Sonic and Dr. Robotnik. Like there's so many ways you can die in video games. Um, and Sonic's or tails. Surprised. He goes, Ooh, puts his arms up and just falls off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, time runs out. Yeah. Um, or tails in any situation. <laughs> tails always dies. Player two is for the younger brother. We all understand this. Uh, but uh, Dave actually pointed this out last time um, to give him uh, some of the credit here that apparently we've never talked about the video game concept of death or how it's been implemented in across our three years Dude, of podcasting. I, I said this the other time. It's four. 14 years <laughs> of podcasting. You know what's funny is I said three and I was like, whew, I almost said two, but Dave said it was one more than what I expected. <laughs> so three is the correct answer. Um, four years, though. Jeez, that's a long time. We'll talk about the death of the podcast last. <laughs> uh, no. Um, so starting it off, uh, I figured we could talk about some more classical implementations of death in, in video games. Like what, what do you, what do you expect when someone says I died in the game I was playing? What do you think happens? I mean, modern day stuff, they're playing their game. They were maybe doing a run and then they mm-hmm. died or maybe they're playing like Elden Ring and it's just oh, it's like a boss attempt or a level attempt. And you go back to that previous checkpoint you were at. Um, it's It's gone much further away from like the old arcade ways where it's like you have to put in more quarters because we made a game bullshit. And right. that's how we'd stop your time playing. Mm-hmm. You can't have fun forever. It's, it's going to cost you money. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, it's important to learn that lesson early. <laughs> What about you? What is your knee-jerk reaction if I was, if I said like, I just died in this game? Mm-hmm. Well, if it was you, there's a good chance it actually would be a Souls title and go into one of the later ones. Um, but uh, it could also be that that middle group. Um, but for the sake of uh, types of games we've been playing kind of recently, um, 
I think, you know, there'd be a good chance it could be that first legacy approach. You have a number of lives. When you die, the game over screen comes up and you've got to you got to start over. Or if it's an arcade and it's like the original pay to win, pay to not lose. I think we should coin that pay to not lose is what arcades did. Um, Get your continues that way, Um, which I don't think really. Well, obviously, it didn't exist as a model outside of games but like uh or arcades i should say but um i'm trying to think of uh older games that let you continue like from the mid midpoint instead of sending you back i think like the oldest ones pretty much were you're out of lives <laughs> sorry sucko or whatever they called people back then uh and then <laughs> kick, kick, kick you back to the title screen right suck on a lemon you mook I remember. <laughs> um, I mean, I think the old model was always just, as we were saying, trying to like extract money. But at a point mm-hmm. when it got to like home consoles, at least for like, I'm thinking of like older Mega Man's, like, oh, we're gonna have like a save state. Hey, did you beat this many bosses? Here's this really long and lengthy ass passcode that you can input to essentially get you back to that point of the game. Right. So that might not be oh. the same as a a continue. But it is a form of continuation. Right. Yeah, the, the passcode, actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I didn't have much in the way of details for it. But that really was your first implementation of you screwed up. We get that you screwed up. We're not making you start out at Emerald Tail Zone again. You know, like now Sonic didn't do that. You know, I'm going to keep going back to Sonic for some reason. I don't know why. Um if you ran out of lives, it actually was a game over, or I think. Um, I believe so, yeah. But yeah, were, it might. In might those games, like they always had mechanics to, oh, you can get an extra life. Yeah. Or like Mario mm-hmm. as a platformer, like, hey, you can, if you know the tricks or you get enough coins or rings or whatever it is, they would reward the player for that experience or skill or knowledge to allow them to keep playing longer by giving them more chances to continue. Right. Yeah, and I died in a Mario or Sonic, you'd go back to the last checkpoint and try again, but your lives would obviously decrease. Right. Yeah, so that you get like a partial checkpoint in that system, and if you completely ran out of lives, you had a more significant progress drop. I'm thinking of like Mario 64, where I think if your life ran out, you get kicked out of the painting um, for whatever world you're in. But if you ran out of lives, I think you got like kicked out of the castle or you had to hit a continue screen. You didn't lose all your progress, but I'm pretty sure you had to start from like the front of the castle again. Yeah. Um, And usually wasn't too, too bad to get back to where you needed to go in Mario 64. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it definitely was more permanent. But that is kind of interesting that I'm trying to think of another game that I have that model of if you lose lives you get out of that versus then you also have like a total number of lives to lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure actually. Um, Cause that, the, this is the hybrid model, right? Where it's not putting you back to the very, very beginning of the game and erasing all of your progress, but you, you've taken a penalty for it. Um, I guess Legend of Zelda to a certain extent. Now, I don't consider heart containers lives because they don't work that way. It's your health bar. Um, but if those ever depleted, 
you would have like a game over screen you'd hit continue and it would put you back at like the last significant save Mm -hmm. area um and i think if you were in a dungeon it did kick you back to the front so something similar in that way but again their their hearts are more like health bars than lives if you get hit with an attack and it takes three lives like no one's gonna (laughs) understand what you're talking about yeah i would say that almost falls under more of the standard like if you die in game you go back to the last checkpoint Mm -hmm. so like mario sonic so in the case of zelda if you're in a dungeon it'd be at the beginning of the dungeon if you die in the open world it's oh where's the last town you're visiting from right something Mm -hmm. like that so like i guess some of the topics we've been talking about really touch on like the the video game concept of setbacks right like that's what i think of when i think of death in a video game there will be some setback and like super meat boy it's basically nothing because you probably died a bunch of times trying to complete the level quickly or complete the level at all um and in fact the game is straight up like we're going to show you all of your attempts alongside your winning run with these duplicate meat boys jumping to their desks like over and over again, but you'll see that winning path uh, just to really like hammer home your accomplishment versus your failures, um, which I kind of love. Like that's a, that's a great design. It also makes me feel like I des- designed my own genetic algorithm with my own <laughs> yeah, I mean, brain yeah. and hands. If you think about it, we're all genetic algorithms in the end, so you're not wrong. Um, but uh, I think like the idea of how much of a setback um, death should be in a game has really changed over the years. And it, it changes for genres too, right? Like um, if you're playing something like civilization, for instance, and you're running a really long running campaign, like it's taking weeks to go through it and then you fail, you, you lose at the end that's gonna suck because like what's your recourse do you like save come do you go back XCOM would be the same right like there's an actual like iron man mode where um you only get like one save file ever and you could put yourself in a situation where there's no way to recover because you've just lost too many people it's no longer feasible to beat the game and you only have one save so you have to start over from scratch like those are extreme cases where like the punishment for dying in quotes um losing is much more extreme you can't like go back four seconds get a motivational quote and keep going yeah that's that's one of the reasons i avoid stuff like that um i don't like the idea of hey um you have stage four cancer and things are just gonna progress poorly you can keep going but it's gonna become progressively shittier and you're like I really don't like that versus uh-huh. oh like I've been playing some hot lava again recently and it's just platformy and jumpy and shit and if I die and I need to do a no death run I restart the level or if mm. I'm just going for time I'm like oh I'm still good on time and I just go back from like the very last checkpoint which is usually not too far back mm. and having those minor setbacks encourages me to keep playing and pushing forward versus having what you're describing it with the campaign of civilization and then investing all that time and energy right. and then you lose and then you get nothing. And it's like playing Monopoly, seems, you know, yeah. with your family. You get to the end of it and someone's just like, you landed on Boardwalk and there's 100 hotels. You're like, 
I don't think you're playing legitimate Monopoly right now. Can't have more than four, five, four hotels before it comes <laughs> out. Yeah. You also can't buy anything once you're out. I think like once the actual pool of tokens for hotels and houses and things, once those are out, you're not supposed to be able to buy any more houses. You have to trade people that already have houses for the houses. Hmm. Like, I think that was the original. And like no one played that way. I don't They're think just like ever played Monopoly yep. legitimately. I feel like it's always house rules. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm also not a fan of long-term loss. <laughs> you, you get to the end and you're in a, a no-win condition state. The only time I've ever actually beaten XCOM 2, I cheated because I just wanted to like go through the game and see mm. what happened and see the enemies and things like that. But the sheer stress of knowing, not even on Iron Man mode, like probability wise, I'm going to lose people. I'm going to lose resources and it might be harder for me to finish the game. It's too much for my monkey brain and it stresses me out. And so when games like reduce the impact of losing or dying, I'm kind of correlating the two at this point. Um, I'm actually more more likely to to play those games. Like, um, uh, one example of a game that went like super casual with this is, um, uh, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I think is the, the first one they started it with. But if you're playing through the campaign and you get shot or there was a grenade nearby or something like that, you run out of health cause you can actually get shot a fair number of times. Um, it is a modern shooter and you didn't like take cover and let the, your Wolverine X factor recover your health for you um the screen goes black and you see like a quote from a war general or something like that and then you're put back like probably two steps <laughs> like right before right as soon as you entered the combat arena or whatever the hallway oh and i can, can be behind cover good to uh -huh. know general Patton. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, if you see the grenade indicator, uh, throw that hit, hit the G key to throw that back. And people were like, Churchill, what are you what are you talking about? <laughs> he's having one of his episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I know you played shooters like that. Did you play the campaigns for, for Modern Warfare? And how did that impact? Fuck no. You didn't actually play the campaigns at all. Fuck no, it's boring really? as shit. I, actually kind of good i mean at least when i was playing in college it was everybody did multiplayer That's campaign right. was oh they had a campaign i didn't even know um i will say at least for when halo was coming out mm -hmm. um before Very we similar. had a lot of friends or people over to play multiplayer you do a lot of the single player campaign and i mean it still had like decently spaced out checkpoints usually between combat encounters mm -hmm. um Never felt too bad though, from what I recall. Unless it was the library. The library can suck a dick. Yeah, no they should they should remove it from the game now. <laughs> like <laughs> that that's how can't bad they kept it for the Master Chief collection. Uh -huh. At least there's a button you can flash between old and new graphics while you're being swarmed by flood. Um I think Halo's a Halo's a similar example. Uh there's checkpoints were stretched a little bit further out than cod because cod had like pretty quick paced action whereas halo was more like open areas also i i can't speak to cod as much but i know halo had a decent amount of vehicles mm -hmm. so you usually get some bit of vehicle to 
traverse terrain or go to the next checkpoint or have a vehicle battle or something yeah. more large scale versus I assume Call of Duty is typically more not corridors, but smaller areas, firefights. Yeah. I think I think if you called it a corridor shooter, some people might hum and haw, but ultimately you would still basically be right. So um yeah, I mean my personal take is that I actually really appreciated that because I don't like the idea of restarting a level. Like, um, I played old, some old Sega and Genesis games that made me like restart a level. Um, or, oh, I thought of one. You lose your life, restart at the beginning of the level. Lose all your lives, restart at the beginning of the game. Comic Zone. Uh, oh, dude, great music, but the game was so fucking frustrating for that reason. Yes. And it was made to eat quarters. Like some of those later mm-hmm. levels were straight up like the first time you enter this room, you will die because things are just going to be like hitting you from different sides or the screen will start scrolling. There's a death wall, something like that. Um, or just like a jump that's like a pixel perfect jump and you're very likely to miss it. It was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the snow zone was bullshit, dude. Hey, how do I get hit this guy who's on top of this single thing I need to jump on? Oh, let me sacrifice a good portion of my health to make a paper airplane, hit him across mm-hmm. the screen, hope it kills him. Fuck yeah. that game. Yeah. First level? It was, mm, very nice. Yeah, it got really bad. I never beat it and because I got to the level you mentioned, I think, or the level right past it, and that was it. But um, I'm just not as much a fan of that. Like Traditional death in games has you replay content, which... I'm like, what, 46 years old now? I don't know. Um, but um, that number's wrong. But, uh, like, is it enjoyable to replay content anymore? No. Not if you're forced to. Like, if you enjoy doing something, it's nice to go back and re-experience it. Um, but if the game is like, hey, you fucked up, do it again. Hey, you fucked do it again. Mm-hmm. Unless you're looking for abuse, like the later parts of Celeste, um, it it really sucks because you just you know you're not doing it right. But you're not necessarily doing it correctly. I'm now just using Celeste as an example, where like for me, I'm okay at platformers, um, not amazing. I didn't do all the challenge stuff with Celeste, and it felt like if I did pass some of that, some of it was like sheer luck. Oh, I hit the buttons in the correct order at the right time. Thank God. It's like, okay, you've made it to the next one. I'm like, thank God, because I don't want to do that again, because I don't know if I could, because it yeah. felt like it was luck was heavily a factor. Yeah, so I I'd think Celeste if you're fall- forced to do the content again and you're not enjoying it, it's in a ways heavier. I'd agree. Yeah. I think the the one the the thing the points I would give Celeste is if I recall correctly, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But like if you do a puzzle right. You can move through it pretty quick, and then you're probably getting to like a checkpoint or something like that. The game's not trying to really make you replay content, but I could be wrong. Maybe if you run out of lives, it actually does make you start at the beginning of the level. It doesn't have any concept of lives, uh, but the game is pretty quick. So if you do die, boom, um, you kind of phase out and get back to the start of that room or whatever the checkpoint is, then you can go again. Yeah, my brain was like confusing the strawberries <laughs> with like lives. I was like, it's a fruit. Obviously, it's a life. <laughs> I've played Yoshi's story. Um, 
Yeah, and that one I don't mind as much. But like if you've overcome where I would put my line in the sand is don't make me re-overcome an obstacle I've already overcome. So like an inevitable thing that we were going to get to on the list is like Dark Souls, right? Um, knowledge is way better than skill in Dark Souls. Like if you're trying to clear the game, if you're trying to <laughs> beat PvP, you kind of need both. Skill's kind of nice. Um, but like you can get by, you can avoid so many deaths in dark souls. If you're just like, I know where the enemies are. Right. Um, and because of that, it doesn't feel like you're overcoming the same obstacles over and over again, unless you're choosing to, you know, fight all of the enemies, even the ones you don't have to. Um, so if the game kills you, it might make you rerun a section, but you're not, very rarely is it anywhere near the same level of obstacle it was the first time. No, and you're usually like you, you've killed enemies along the way in the previous run, so you're still making a net gain. You're not losing all of your progress you've gotten up to this point. It doesn't boot you back to the Undead Asylum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It doesn't. <laughs> hey, it's all right, all your weapons much. are gone. Uh, yeah, yeah, you keep everything you pick up and maybe if you were exploring a side path and you got the drops and then you died, there's no reason for you to go back there anyways, right? Like there's a whole bunch of mitigating factors that allow you to approach the situation in a different way than just like, I'm going to continue to rerun content. Because um, rerunning content is just miserable. It's the same concept as like an unskippable cutscene to me. Like and an unskippable cutscene that you'll see again if you die to a boss. Never do this, <laughs> right? Like, no. <laughs> yeah, like I understand if I fucked up a thing, but like, let me skip things that I don't necessarily need. Just yeah. assume that like everybody's busy and they maybe want the option to skip and leave it at that. Exactly. There's a lot of fun things to do and continuing to see more of your game is what I'm probably invested in, not revisiting the parts that I've already defeated or uh, vanquished or overcame. Unless I'm talking about farming, I do that way more than any reasonable human should, but that's completely separate. Um, well, something similar to that is like roguelikes. I was thinking mm-hmm. of Hades. You obviously have one life overall. I know you can yeah. technically have extra lives. Um but it just technically chips into your overall health pool before you get booted out of the run, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever you die, it's because of your lack of skill or maybe you discovered something new you didn't know how to deal with yet. Yeah, which could be knowledge. still translates to the possibly lack of skill or lack of knowledge. Um, and then you're still making progress overall. It's going to be different next time. You're not necessarily going back to replay the exact same content. Mm-hmm. You're just like, hey, you did okay. Let's do better next time. You keep pushing yourself forward to get past a block to see if you can make more progress in the game. But you're still unlocking more things, making more progress, always moving forward, never losing everything. Yeah, I would agree with both of those points. Like one of them is make a new path. You're not set in stone with the old RNG you can you can try something like something else will, will be the challenge this time. Um, so maybe you encounter the same enemy that killed you the first time. Maybe you don't, maybe it's something else you don't know that novelty is enough to kind of like 
put you back into it. And then the meta progression, which I think is like essential for any roguelike that I'm actually going to care about. Um, because I want my failures to also improve my chances of success and making it really far in Hades and then dying still improves your chances of success. You still got resources. Um, so if you make it all the way, I'm not going to talk about anything if you make it all the way in Hades, but um, like I'm a big fan of you changed the state of the board. Like I failed. Okay, let's change the state of the board and try again. And I think Hades even has like, if you disagree with everything I said and you're like, I want to face the exact same challenge. I think if you like reset your run, you get the same seed. So if you're like about to die, you could be like, oh, no, I want to do exactly this again. You can. Um, Which I feel is not necessarily cheating, but I would definitely gamify it like, oh, I don't want that Uh, power up. I want this one instead and change your path. And so you find again, doing a genetic algorithm like this is the perfect run and then I'd still fuck it up somewhere. Right. Yeah. But I think like roguelike rogue likes and rogue li- rogue likes and rogue lights. Wow, let's say that ten times fast. Um, they kind of get a pass on this. They they have a completely separate concept of death. They're like you. This is within the concept of one you, run was the term uh, used earlier. Um, and so because they're operating in that space, they kind of sidestep the entire issue of how should we deal with death. You're like, well, it's the game. <laughs> like, we expect you to die uh, like tens or hundreds of times before you actually complete it. Um, so good on them, you know. There's a lot, of, a lot of good games in that space. FTL, also. Single Life retry. Game sounds familiar. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, actually, it does sound familiar. How do you uh, feel about hardcore? games uh, oh 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 <laughs> oh <laughs> i was gonna say we were saving this for the next episode too. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> my go-to example is going to be diablo 2 is when i yep. first learned about that because they had ladder i'm like what is this oh it's the mode where you can't play with any of your friends for whatever reason you won't understand until years later i'm like okay cool uh-huh. and there's hardcore for if you died at any point you could never play that character again mm-hmm People would later use this as a, a badge of honor. I mean, obviously, this is an impressive feat to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of ARPGs tend to do this, like Path of Exile has a hardcore mode or a hardcore league. Yeah, I'm it's... scared because I lose stuff in Minecraft and then I panic cry as I'm like sprinting back uh-huh. to pick up stuff from my body. I wouldn't want to lose something forever when I've spent like however many hours. Yeah. This is kind of like, it's like that Iron Man mode I was talking about in XCOM 2, but even more advanced. You can't retry that one save. Your save is white if you die, right? Um, and you mentioned Minecraft. Actually, that reminds me. Hardcore Did you mode. Did recent news article? I didn't, actually. I have an old piece of news article. Maybe it'll be similar. You should describe the new one first. So the one I heard about by just scrolling through Reddit, apparently it's somebody who is like, prolific for playing a lot of minecraft and like hardcore apparently they finally lost their save after like 10 years almost oh dang like it's like at least 3600 days it was very close to 10 years like yeah i would 
I don't know. I don't know what I'd do at that point. Play a different game. <laughs> you know, like, I'd start a new family at that point. Uh-huh. I'd change my yeah. whole life. I'd be like, never again. Will you hurt me this way? <laughs> yeah. The story I heard, I, I knew about was a couple of years old and it was similar to that, but it was nowhere near the scale of like 10 years. It was like five years or three years or something like that. 10 years is actually kind of crazy because like, there's literally a saying like spend if you spend 10 years you can master something and then do something else you should take that advice if you spend 10 years and then your save gets wiped in minecraft um because my goodness um to the concept of hardcore though i agree with you i'm a filthy coward um i will run from that situation uh but i also concede that I have played games that were kind of like a mandatory hardcore mode where it's like, Hey, if you, if you die, there's going to be major loss. Um, and it does raise the stakes, right? Like use, continuing to use Minecraft as an example, cause you brought it up. This is on you. Um, and I've been playing it recently. Like I have a full enchanted set of armor. I have an enchanted bow. I have an enchanted sword. When I say enchanted, I mean like perfect enchantments almost. Eh, it depends on whether you consider thorns worth it or not. But other than thorns, everything, right? If I just fell into lava, I didn't have like fire resist and I died, my stuff would all be instantly destroyed. This, this is a deep psychological fear that I have <laughs> if I'm running around fully kitted out. Um, cause you can lose it all instantly, right? Like all of it. Yeah. It's spooky. I've had it happen many times. Um, I mean, sometimes you've been playing enough where you have like, oh, well I have enough funds or resources to, you know, remake that. Not, not a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean like that first time for sure. You're just like, I got all the diamond. Oh fuck. Mm-hmm. I am burning. And it's just the worst feeling because you're like i'm losing i'm losing everything and then it's gone. uh-huh it's literally why you bring a bucket of water with you <laughs> like no matter what now if you can't like block the lava you can put yourself out you know with a bucket of water unless you're in the nether you're you're screwed if you're in the nether you make one mistake put the but... bucket on head i don't have to see uh-huh. myself die <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean the psychological aspect of that it, it raises the stakes if you know that failure is uh, approaching or if you know that a misstep will cost you significantly Um, and that forces you to be um, more invested. What kind of game? Horror games. Usually the penalty is death. Usually, you know what the penalty is. Usually Mm -hmm. know it's going to be some horror, horrific, spooky, scary way. And it's Mm -hmm. always like that threat that's looming and chasing you. Not for all horror games, but, right for evade the monster type yeah i would argue like if you're one of the newer resident evils and you're playing as like chris or jake or somebody like that um it's not really a horror game anymore if you're super powered and you're fighting back with equal or greater strength than the things that are chasing you um so i'd agree with you in the general case like actual horror games pretty much always have you be weaker than the monsters because if not what are you doing? They're probably running from you or something, right? <laughs> you play as God versus tarantulas. He doesn't like them, but he can de- he can destroy everything. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
So hardcore is hardcore is uh, I appreciate the people that are in it. You also, as a really inconsequential, almost side note, uh, if you put hardcore in your game, um, make sure your game doesn't have bugs. Because if I fall through the world in hardcore <laughs> or there's like a network blip or something like that and three arcane elite packs all laser me at the same time, I'm, we're going to have words. Um, F. <laughs> um, but it's it's definitely an interesting it's int- it's an interesting approach um, I think some people were either more sadistic or just more brave than I but I'm not a risk taker I'm not a gambler hmm. I think that's fair um we talked about uh, one other type when we talked about Dark Souls a little bit, which is like a game where death is a mechanic, but it's also not like the end of your run. It's the, like the world state continues. You don't reload. You don't see a nice Churchill quote. Um, you don't have to spin up a new man. Uh, you can just, and, and you automatically, you know, most of the time, just continue uh, from a fixed state. So, like, I actually hadn't, I think you said, like, the bonfires or checkpoints. And as soon as you said that, I realized that that's 100% true. And I didn't think of them that way. Um, but that is literally, yeah, literally the case. <laughs> uh, but, like. Dark Souls is is an interesting example of that. You keep all of your advancements, but your penalty are all the souls you're carrying on you. So you get to pick your own risk tolerance, I think, which goes back to that question of like, how much should it suck to die? And in Dark Souls, it might not suck at all, right? Like if you don't have any souls on you, you're like fast traveling back to Bonfire, you know, it's freaking fine. Uh, but it could be like, it could be devastating if you had just killed like a major boss. You're like, I'll spin these souls at some point to fall off a cliff. Yeah. You go to recover, fall once more. <laughs> it's, it's balancing that risk reward because even people who play Dark Souls like ourselves, you're like, I have the competence to get to this next point alive mm-hmm. and hit the bonfire, cash in, or whatever, and then you die to some dumb shit because mm-hmm. you just got cocky or there's one extra enemy you forgot about or something. Something happens and then you lose it all. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to do a death run. I'm going to sprint to where my body is, get my souls, and then cash in immediately. No mm-hmm. no side stops. And you stop at the 7-Eleven on the way. And you're like, right. fuck! You got to get an energy drink, right? <laughs> like, you're not running the whole way on that stamina bar. No, you're gonna you're gonna grab some some green grass. <laughs> it is nice um, though when it is opt in, because mm-hmm. then you're all like, "Well, that was my bad." Yes, you're not blaming the game for. Well, I mean, you probably are to a degree, um, uh-huh. but it's an opt in. I'm willing to risk my death and loss. Yeah, for the chance of these gains. Yeah, and I've I've had that like what you're describing now. I a hundred percent agree like there's a moment where that that you died came up and you're like 
this was 100% avoidable. And why was I risking all of these souls at this point in the game? I could have run backwards 10 feet and spent them all. Um, but my hubris, the hubris of man, the dark soul that permeates us all, it drove me to this. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a much better outcome i think because even if it does cause emotional damage you recognize yourself as the ultimate cause and not you know something wrong on the game's part hopefully i feel like it's instinctual even outside of games to a degree Mm -hmm. there are a lot of times i'll go to the kitchen make some food and have like oh i'll have a plate of food i'll have a drink and i'll have one other thing and then i'm like hey how can i awkwardly put something in my mouth to carry and then balance his other stuff all in one hand while I'm carrying something else in my other hand. And then make this all back to um, my bedroom where I have my desk. Versus, you know, taking them one by one. And it's just, no, 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 I'll just, I'll do it all. It's the, it's the young boy uh, shopping bag problem. How do mm-hmm. we get all these bags in? In one trip. Yeah. Now we have scoliosis. <laughs> Yeah, you pick the risk and the reward. <laughs> the yeah, reward of bringing a... <laughs> everything in or the risk of scoliosis. I uh, put all my stats into badassery and I have no no vitality. <laughs> yeah. Um I thought of I know we're going to we're going to talk about some other aspects of death. I thought of one uh middle I'm just going to slide this into the, the the middle of this uh segment. Um for a game I remembered but didn't think about okay. uh, at all. Um, and I know that you won't be able to be able to talk much about this unless you had a completely different upbringing than I thought you did. But Planescape Torment um, uh, is a game that is entirely based around the fact that your character is immortal. I want to spoil some Planescape Torment stuff. It's It'll be in the description. It sounds no one like cares. an old EDOS game. Yeah, Planescape Torment. Let me look up the release date real quick here. Uh, 1999. Um, now it's towards the end of 1999, but it's pretty old. But it was an old like it's like Baldur's Gate or Neverwinter Nights or like any of that crap. Um, leading up into the Larian's new games, that type of game. And you play as the marked one, and you wake up, and it's almost like um, uh, what's the movie? where the guy doesn't remember anything. So he puts uh, he puts uh, Polaroids all over the place. He's like, hey, don't trust this person. And do you know what I'm talking about? The Arnold Schwarzenegger movie? I don't think it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's somebody else. Some other white guy with frosted tips. Um, crap. Why can I not think of this? Uh, I'm sure I've seen it. It sounds like a 90s movie. Or... Yeah, 90s. Um, I'm blanking on it, though. Memento. Okay. Memento. I had to look it up. Google had my back. Uh, but anyways, in Planescape Torment, you play as a marked one, and like, there's literally... You'll find like a strip of your flesh, and it'll be like, don't trust this person, or here's like a key piece of intel, and you're like, that is very weird, <laughs> right? But it's because your character is immortal. Um, your party members are not actually. So the risk is if you get into a bad fight, you're not going to be sent into a game over situation, but your party members might die. Um, 
like your guy will just like time will pass and then he'll just get back up uh like fully healed um and there's parts in the game where it's like beneficial for you to die but if you're putting other people in that situation they might lose so really like back in 1999 they were playing with this concept of like death and immortality and rebirth and like you literally would find limbs of your main character throughout the game (laughs) they'll be like here's a dangerous room with spike traps and stuff and you're like there's an arm over there (laughs) that's my arm actually (laughs) um which i thought was just really 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 cute and funny uh but yeah that was my that was my honorable mention do you have like a particular game that you thought or think uh dealt with death in an interesting way But you didn't expect me to turn around with like a surprise question after a monologue. (laughs) Minesweeper? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you get that sad face with like the X's for eyes and it's pretty dramatic. So nothing's jumping out as much to me regarding that specifically. If not as a Uh, mechanic, what about like a meaningful death or something that stood out for you within the story of the game? I mean, I'm still a whore for Bioshock, so I'm always tempted to lean that way. And there's mm-hmm. actually two. I'm I'm ignoring Bioshock too, obviously. Um, obviously, you're I talking think... about the first guy you hit with a wrench in Bioshock One. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace. Uh, for me, it's probably uh, Booker Dewitt from Bioshock mm-hmm. Infinite, because um, like the whole game, you play as him. So, like plot wise. Like it, it has a lot more meaning to it at the end, and you got the end of the game, and it all ties together nicely. Um, but also, you have discovery about who you are as a character, etc. Right. So it's it's very plot driven, uh, but it's impactful and it's final. Oh, yeah. And you you are dying as the main character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, like another iconic but not necessarily as impactful to me is like the death of a character in a game so Aerith is an easy peasy example for Final Fantasy 7 she's part of your party you give her fucking bangles and then she loses it all when she you know slips on a knife and dies right is that kind of logically how it happened I thought it was a Sephiroth down hair but you might be right (laughs) it spikes dude just hit the sour spot it was just like Sonic. We're right back there to Sonic. You gotta watch out for spikes. <laughs> um, but to be fair, like that in a game is a scripted death. True. Whereas what we were talking it's about before, something like with XCOM, I mean, I guess they're more expendable. They're not a part of plot. They're not well, written into the story in the same way. Yes, you say they're expendable, but maybe you literally spent time building like equipment well, for like, them or training them. Like you could have a favorite expendable true yeah but i mean it's not like everybody's gonna know johnny because not everybody yeah. made johnny as a character they don't Whereas, show up in cutscenes. yeah exactly yeah so i think those are the big ones that like jump out at me for like uh knee-jerk memory oh yeah yeah i really like the uh the, the booker dewitt one because that was already like the tone of death matters a lot and they built so much up to this culmination. It like you're riding the roller coaster up to the drop. You like you hear the individual clicks as it's going yeah. up the uh, um, 
the rail um, and then it hits and you might have figured it out beforehand. This actually ties back to our the audience should figure it out right before you tell them. Like Bioshock Infinite was basically designed to do that. Yeah, um, and they did a really good job because like they're goading you the whole time of like, hey, here's this evil guy, Comstock. He's bad, right? You're like, yeah, he's mm. bad. And he should be punished for all these awful things he did. Yeah, 100%. And you're like, no matter what. It's like, yeah, fuck him. It's you. You're like, oh. <laughs> and then you're like atoning for your sins. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. But it, it all happens with like that kind of. You find out and you have like this emotional whiplash. And then it's an important, impactful death as a part of a story. Yeah. Um, or if like a, a character dies who's a part of your party throughout like a major RPG, it's impactful because like you've built a relationship with that character. You know their personality, their quirks, you know their moveset mm-hmm. and where they're useful, and now they're gone. Yeah. I actually um yeah, I mean Aerith could you literally lost her um uh materia or anything else she had on you, and the game knew you were making her the main healer it's like she's got mm-hmm. such great healing skills mm-hmm. of course you're mm-hmm. putting all this great stuff on her so she doesn't die gone is there an equipment chest i can kind of like reclaim the stuff that she had and then, nope gone out of the game also um, also to dick you over you're like oh why well, you just reload the last save yeah that's like 30 minutes back yeah because yeah. the game hates you and two they put a couple long cut scenes in there mm-hmm. you're gonna you pay for it save randomly you had to do save at the checkpoints um, it's probably bad form, but I'm conti- going to continue on the Bioshock discussion for a second because I <laughs> okay. realized that there was actually a couple in the previous way they do the way they dealt with death. Like Bioshock One, I think you just show up at like a, a Vita chamber, so you're probably short of all of the resources you used in the fight that you ultimately lost, which was like ammo, Eve, like med packs, whatever. That was how death cost you. Two was basically the same, but they actually kind of gave a reason for why you were responding at the Vita Chambers. Um, but three, or Bioshock Infinite, I forgot about this until you were talking about the ending again, but like Elizabeth's pulling you through interdimensional doors back into the fight, which you don't even think about for like the whole game. You're like, that's cool. Guess I didn't die. But you did. You did every single time. And Booker died every single time anyone else died as him. But Elizabeth is literally pulling Booker from a different reality to continue to try to accomplish what's being done. You did die. The game just keeps going with a different Booker. The prestige. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's the prestige. It's so freaking good. Like I, I guess the pause there in the podcast actually doesn't do anything for the listeners. So I apologize for that. No, it, it built to the prestige joke. So Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. That was that was the whole point of this episode. <laughs> that is true. Um the other one I want to spoil with uh, an impactful death is actually um this is basically the only point I'll ever give Call of Duty. Uh but if this is the reason I said like the campaign was really good in modern warfare. Um You have this whole mission to go and like disarm a nuke that's in this vaguely middle eastern town um and you're like all right let's freaking go because ramirez get on that gun i don't think you play ramirez in this one but um like you're gonna succeed you're cod god right like 
you're a teenager, you got your microphone, you got your Xbox controller, you're you're not going to fail. Um, and then you literally do <laughs> because it's part of the story that as you guys are evacuating, like the nuke goes off and your helicopter goes down. The game doesn't be like like come in with a screen that's like dun 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 dun. It's just like you open your eyes and you're in this hellscape of this post nuclear explosion. You crawl around for a bit. If you try to like get up, you might cr- climb up and then fall back over. And there's like the blood splatter and stuff like that. And then you die. And the camera zooms out and it goes to the tactical map and it shows like your character's information and it just puts an X through them. They're 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 killed in action, and it goes to over to the um, SAS, I think uh, perspective, and from that point on, that person never comes back. Like you die as part of the story, and I actually remember being impacted by this because where's my reload, right? Like, <laughs> why did I not get a checkpoint before the nuke went off and I can just go back four seconds? Um, they make you live through it which is a lot and it was a lot more tactful than like no Russian or something like that. Um, so anyways, that's the only point I ever give COD. I like that. This is the second time you've told the full story at length, but I like how impassioned you get for it. <laughs> obviously it did leave an impact on you. Yeah. If you've shared the story multiple times. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't know if you're going to make it. Like, you feel like until the moment you actually die, there's a way out of the situation. And the game yeah, wants you to think you can. It's a game, right? So yeah. you always just make certain game assumptions like, oh, this is a, this is the part of the cutscene. And yeah. then you're going to continue on doing the thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a cutscene where I have to, like, hold forward the left stick very slowly. <laughs> yeah, right. And then subversion, bam. To the detriment of COD, I think they use a similar twist in like continued games. They start killing off the main character like more than seems reasonable. I don't even remember the occurrences, and I'm not going to tag that as a spoiler for anything. Just assume if you're playing COD, your main character dies at some point. Um, it's like game. It's like Game of Thrones. Just assume a character you like. Mm, we're removing for they can reason. they can never hurt you <laughs> if you assume all your favorite <laughs> characters die. Um. But yeah, that was, I mean, mine was the full story. So I would leave my point with uh, with COD there. Um, and they get the, uh, they get the impactful death for me. Would you say for all the games you've played and you can think of in like the next 20 seconds, um, do you think for yourself it's been more impactful or you have a more impactful story of when your character died, like in that mm-hmm. example, or when a character in your game died, like an NPC in your party, or just hmm. I don't uh, want to start like naming examples, so we have to put more spoilers. <laughs> I know, I know, and like my brain immediately goes to examples. Um, crap, I'm going to spoil one, but we did an episode on it already, and it'll be in the disclaimer. I'm going to do The Last of Us Two, Part Two. Okay. Um, cause like, and also actually part one, cause for spoiling part two, might as well spoil part one. Um, so Ellie doesn't die at the end of part one, but she almost does, right? Mm-hmm. Like Joel 
might not have made it there in time. Um, maybe there was a reality where he wasn't an absolute psychopath and chose to kill all those people anyways. Um, but uh, you've literally spent the entire game building up a relationship with this other character. Joel, as he's fine. He's okay, right? Like, he's supposed to be the guy who has the questionable backstory and it's like, this is his road to redemption is this little girl and all this stuff. He does what he needs he, to to survive. Yes, exactly. Uh, very gruff, gruff, gruff old man. Uh, but like Ellie is the human character. She's likable and she's capable and she becomes more capable throughout the story. And you, the game puts you, and we talked about this in our discussion, in that paternal role almost of like, you want to take care of this character. You get to the end of the game and it's like, she may die, and it's for a completely justifiable cause. <laughs> and you're like, ah, I understand why he kills so many innocent people just to save her. But imagine if she did die, right? Like, what if the last was part be two? A good game, and I would just be sad. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Then you're then you're actually just sad instead of just like um, whatever emotion you feel at the end of it when you realize she doesn't trust him anymore, you know? Oh yeah. You also feel that for that, but in a different way. Yeah. It's like, but not like can never be the same again versus like things have changed forever. If yeah. that makes sense. Exactly. But like, like if they had not done a, that, there would have been like such a finality to it uh-huh. to where if they're like, Hey, we're doing the last of us too. I'd be like, why Joel and zombie Ellie? Let's go. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> um, but I mean, like that's that's the one that I think of. If you if you ask the question of your own character versus a secondary character, yeah, like there's a lot of protagonists I play where I really don't care about them. <laughs> like, if they die, it should be at the end of the game because it makes sense, and maybe you make it good, like in Bioshock Infinite. But like a good side character who's well written and supports you, um, like. That's potentially a much greater loss, I think. Yeah, it's, I think, hard to make you as like the single player main character. Like I am invested in who my character is, because usually just looking at it from like, this is the lens of I'm playing as me. I am my avatar is this person and let's go mm-hmm. into the game and play. And so if you do die in a story game, depending on fleshed out your character is, it might just be kind of not the same. Whereas with Bioshock infinite, a big part of that was because of the relationship. If you were just booker and going through, it wouldn't have the same impact. Wouldn't have the same meaning. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you care as much. Yeah. And they play on like this and they actually play on similar notes, right? They want you to be attached to Elizabeth. Um, and, your efforts are to save her, to prevent her from being captured. Or I don't think she's at risk of dying, really. But um, it's literally to remo- remove her from the situation. Yeah. Flipping it on its head, because it would be really weird if I said I was going to spoil part two and I didn't mention it. I kind of <laughs> didn't care when Joel died. I was just yeah, like, it's, it's Joel. It, He's it not the best dad. The <laughs> And again, like it was, it was really justified. Oh yeah, it made yeah. sense. 
um and like you you felt ellie's pain still like when he died um, yeah through ellie though right yeah yeah and that's i mean they did a really good job on that they allowed you to assume control of a different character and you're still emotionally attached to that character you know if ellie died you know then you're just like ah that kind of sucks also that was really gruesome do i have to see that particular death sequence um, fucker fucker <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, I, I just hope somebody has like gotten to this part of the episode. They're like, I played that game. I get that joke. Um, uh-huh. That's what anything past the hour mark. That's yeah, th- those are for the advanced fans. It's, it's all inside. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, I feel like the moral is uh, don't become too attached to anybody because nothing's permanent. <laughs> okay. The stronger relationship you build and the more well-written that character is, uh, it's going to hurt more. Mm-hmm. Or... You just get like super, <laughs> de- develop your social links with everybody because it's better to have the experience and care about them and lose it than to have never loved it all. I feel like you just came up with that <laughs> <laughs> on the spot. That's not from anything or Shakespeare. Um, I think it literally is better to have loved and lost than never loved at all, right? Yeah. yeah. Was that Shakespeare? I don't know. Yes, I think so. I, I mean, probably I, saw it on my check me, but yes. <laughs> but yeah, it is it is a mentality that I've adopted over time. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's ever like a full oh just recite my mantra and things will be fine. Um mm-hmm. type thing. Fear is the mind killer. Yeah, it's <laughs> mind flare. Separate, oh. <laughs> separate episode um but yeah i mean you can't change everything mm-hmm. i feel like i should have to explain that to anybody uh that's not how we're having work. the talk <laughs> listen body <laughs> body <laughs> mm. <laughs> but there's always gonna be like certain inevitabilities in games or life mm. and you gotta keep playing you still got yeah. those continues actually you have to continue constantly yeah it's actually just, it's, it's literally behind mashed, your eyelids <laughs> never stop mashing the button <laughs> <laughs> basically mm-hmm. your life is always mashing buttons mm-hmm. it's like the stanley parable thing where it's like you have to hit a button so the baby doesn't like enter the fire or whatever we're all just hitting that button all the way through life <laughs> but me as somebody who doesn't want kids won that game very quickly <laughs> <laughs> or i guess lost the game very quickly burn baby burn disco inferno (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know how you end an episode like this (laughs) what if that was it it i was heavily considering it it also was very late so my brain's like eh yeah that's fair well um if you guys have thoughts on these topics maybe you have I reluctantly ask a favorite death in video games or the most impactful. Uh, you could always feel free to send that in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Or you could join the discussion on Facebook, a dying platform, at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good morning.